Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today we are very pleased to have as our guest Dr. Peter Henry. Dr. Henry is the Chief Medical Officer at Essentia Health. Dr. Henry, thank you so much for joining us today here on Community Focus. Thank you for the opportunity to connect with our community members. You know, it's been a year. I think the last time we talked to you, the pandemic was just underway and there was a lot of questions there. Uh, Today, we want to focus on the vaccines because uh, a lot of people still have questions about the uh, vaccine. So um, let's start with uh, what we need to know about the vaccines. I think the most pertinent and up-to-date information we need to know about is the recent pause in the administration uh, of the Janssen or J&J vaccine that just came out today with recommendations from the CDC and the FDA to immediately pause this related to a very small number of individuals that had a severe complication of a clotting uh, within the area of the brain uh, that was associated potentially associated with that particular vaccination. And it's important to note that this is only a concern that has been brought forth with the J&J vaccine, not with the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. And that they still, because of this abundance of caution, don't know for sure that the vaccine caused this. Uh, Very small number of individuals, six individuals reported this event happening out of over, I think, 6.8 million doses of the vaccine. So you can see that they're being uh, taking a very cautious approach to this. Wasn't there something about white blood cell counts, too, with these six? Is that correct? Did you have that information? I think the primary issue was not so much with the white blood cells, but with the platelets, which mm. are the small cells that help our blood clot. That's what it was. And that many of these individuals had a very low platelet or abnormally low platelet counts, uh, and okay. they were all female patients uh, in a relatively young age, I think between the ages of 16 and uh, 48. And going forward from here with the uh, with that particular vaccine, Johnson and Johnson, uh, it'll be a while. They'll study it. Uh, do you have any sense of when it may return to being used again? I think what they'll do is they'll look at the state and national vaccine report adverse reporting event logs, and they will look to ensure that there aren't more cases of this. Then they'll actually ask their epidemiologists and scientific specialists to kind of analyze these cases and see if there's uh, a link specifically to the vaccine and uh, these events, because these type of events do occur outside of receiving a COVID vaccination, specifically the J&J vaccine. Although they're very rare in the, in the normal population, when you see even a few individuals who have vaccination, the key thing they want to do is take a very cautious approach to ensure that it's not linked to the vaccine. So I, I don't think we're going to probably have an answer in a day or two. It's going to be several weeks before I think they can really analyze the data, look at all the adverse effects that are being reported related to vaccinations, and then make a determination about its long-term safety. So say someone was supposed to get one this afternoon, that's probably uh, not going to happen. <laughs> I would agree. We, as soon as we found this information out, uh, we immediately stopped our vaccination okay. uh, here at the Brainerd. Uh, fortunately, most of the vaccine that Essential Health and that we've received here at St. Joseph's Medical Center and our Brainerd Clinic and other uh, Pine River Clinic where we're vaccinating has not been the J&J vaccine. That's been a very small percentage of that. And we are not we were not scheduled to receive any of that next week. We had a, roughly 180 patients that were scheduled to receive that vaccine today. Yeah. That we had to uh, unfortunately 
uh, postponed vaccination for those individuals. Uh, most of the vaccine that we in, uh, we have gotten and will be getting in the next few weeks or months will be the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. And it's very important for people to recognize that these adverse effects have not been associated with that those two vaccines and that those vaccines have been administered even in far greater number of individuals. And Dr. Henry, there's always the debate to vaccinate, to not vaccinate, maybe not now, maybe wait. What do you have to say to people who are kind of on the fence about should I get that vaccination or not? Well, we know that there, it's a very personal choice, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone has their own rationale for vaccinating or not vaccinating. Um, I, as a physician and a scientist for the last 35 years, uh, have great confidence in the efficacy of this vaccine. I think the key important thing that all three vaccines, including the J&J, have shown tremendous benefit in keeping and uh, preventing serious disease and also preventing death and hospitalization. And that's really important. We also have to kind of weigh the benefits of the short-term adverse effects of a vaccine. For example, the malaise or the fatigue that you might experience, the headache, the joint aches, the soreness that are there for some individuals for a few days after the vaccination versus the long-term effects of COVID-19. And the more we learn about COVID-19 and those individuals individuals that have severe illness that require hospitalization, especially those that are have a tube put in to breathe for them or what's called intubation in our, in our ICUs, intensive care units, that there is a significant long-term effect of this disease that affects neurocognitive function. And so for me personally, as I look at these people who are most susceptible to the effects of COVID-19, it isn't just the simple cold or the influenza that you get over in a few days or a few weeks. This can have long-lasting lifelong potential impacts to your overall health and function and vitality. And we know that the vaccine is safe. You know, this recent blip in the road, unfortunately, with the J&J vaccine, but the other vaccines have been used in millions of individuals with extremely low adverse side effect of uh, anaphylaxis or a severe allergic reaction of only two to three people per million. Mm -hmm. And that's a temporary issue. The COVID can be a permanent issue and obviously the most permanent and most serious side of this death and we have seen you know hundreds of thousands of people here in the, in this country die from this disease and millions worldwide and i understand too you know some people are saying well I've, I've heard of people who got the vaccine and they still got covid what do you say to that and, and that's true. And in fact, as I know, a personal friend and an individual who received the vaccine and got COVID. What we know now is that even though you can get COVID in a small percentage of people after that, that the illness is almost always significantly less. Yes. And most people do not need to be hospitalized for that. Uh, to date, I am not aware of any individual that contracted COVID after vaccination and then died from that. That's now, good. People have died within six, because we have to report everybody that dies within a certain time frame shortly after receiving the vaccine. People die from other healthcare-related illnesses because most of the people that have been vaccinated to date had underlying health conditions that put them at risk of mm-hmm. hospitalization and illness and death prior to this. But uh, there haven't been, as far as I know, any reported cases in any of the trials or since the administration of people dying from COVID after they've received a COVID vaccination. And and really what's important to remember there is the timing, because one becomes fully vaccinated, I believe it's two weeks after receiving, in the case of the uh, two-shot uh, Moderna and Pfizer, you become fully vaccinated two weeks after. So up until that time, it's not 
the efficacy is not as high. Is that safe in saying that? It's not as high, and they're still, you know, they're learning more and more the more people are vaccinated. And uh, England, as, you, as most people know, moved to trying to really focus on getting more people vaccinated, giving a single dose, knowing that even with a single dose of both of these vaccines, the efficacy as far as reducing severe illness and hospitalization and death was quite high. And that's not an approach that has been taken here by the FDA or the CDC. But I suspect, you know, if we have some limitations on the amount of uh, JN J vaccine that's going to be available, that might be something that they might well consider, especially since we've seen in the last uh, early part of March to date, an increase in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations across our Midwest here, especially in the state of Minnesota, but in other parts of the country as well. So we're, we're a long ways from being past or over over COVID-19. And the answer still is uh, vaccination. We know it's effective uh, and try to use it whatever strategy works the best to get the most people vaccinated. We, we've done a great job of getting those that are high at, at highest risk. Mm-hmm. So since we've seen this increase in hospitalization uh, related to this most recent kind of uptick in the number of cases that we've seen in our communities, we've actually seen the age group of hospitalized patients go down by about 10 years. And that's wow. telling us that the vaccine is very effective in those older individuals who have gotten the vaccine. It's now those individuals that are 16 to 54 that or 64 that we want to get vaccinated uh, as quickly as we can. Because yeah. we're, we're, we can be potentially very stressed again, like we were back in late part of 2020, mm-hmm. with bed, bed availability and staffing availability to take care of these individuals. We also hear about variants, and my understanding is, again, the uh, Moderna and Pfizer have been shown to be very effective against the variants that have popped up. Is that Very much so, yeah. Yes, yes. And we, we know that the effectiveness of these vaccines and it's and J&J got a little bit of a bad rap because it, its effectiveness for, uh, you know, preventing the disease specifically wasn't quite as high. But it's important to note that these vaccines were all tested at different times mm-hmm. and also in different countries. And J&J actually had vaccine trials in Africa where the uh, one of the key variants was where it showed decreased effectiveness. And we think that probably the vaccine effectiveness is about the same for all of these. It's just that they were tested at different times and a different number of strains going around in the world and different areas in the world that they were tested in, in individuals. They're all very effective. uh, And that's the key message. Dr. Henry, if someone has gotten vaccinated, they've waited their two weeks, they're considered fully vaccinated. Can they still carry uh, the virus and spread it without showing symptoms or having is that still going on? So that's the big question. And, and as again, that it takes time to look at how long do we have immunity? Uh, how many people actually get the vaccine, can get infected, may not show symptoms, but we know that people can get COVID-19 after they get vaccinated. We've talked about that earlier. Uh, And so it's still important that even though you've been vaccinated, that you continue to do the things that they're talking about. And that's masking when you're in public, trying to avoid avoid large crowds, proper hand hygiene. Obviously, if you're symptomatic, if you do have symptoms, get tested as soon as you can. There's very effective treatments. And that's another thing I'd like to just impress to people that the antibody, what's called the monoclonal antibody treatment, which is available at all of our 
for Essentia sites, uh, as far as the hospitals and, and a number of our clinics, is extremely effective in reducing death and hospitalization. It has to be administered, though, uh, within the first 10 days of symptom onset. And so what happens is sometimes people have symptoms, they kind of persist, and then they come in day eight or day nine, and they get tested and they're positive, and then we, don't, we can't get them in in a timely manner to get that. So we have great access. There's plenty of this therapy available in all healthcare systems and in our health system uh, here in the state of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North Dakota. And so if you have symptoms, the testing's available, please get tested. Uh, you know, don't, don't assume it's something else since you've been vaccinated. If you have symptoms, please get tested. Or if you've been in close contact with somebody that you know has had COVID-19, you live in a household with that individual, the testing, there's no out-of-pocket expense for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still bill insurances and so forth, but there's not a deductible applied or an out-of-pocket expense for testing. You can order testing um, without symptoms or without a reason. If you just say, hey, you know, I want to get tested, you can go to your MyChart application or call us at our hotline and say, I'd like to get a COVID test and we can get that accomplished for you. Yeah, your operation over there is very slick for the testing. We've done it a couple times here within the building, and they always say it's just it, you guys make that really easy. So, Thank you. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I will say that my wife and I have both been vaccinated and had both the Pfizer doses, and that, too, was extremely well run. So kudos Thank to you, you. guys. We, we've We've had anecdotal reports of uh, a number of individuals that have come up in the metropolitan Twin Cities area and have utilized our vaccination sites here because of some of the difficulties either to access or kind of the complexity of getting their vaccine and have had really positive feedback. Our our vaccination teams have worked exceedingly hard, very long hours, weekends, and have come in uh, on Saturdays. We uh, vaccinated last Saturday, I believe, over 700 individuals Jeez. at our vaccination site here. Uh, and a number of those individuals were outside of the Twin Cities area. I have two adult children that uh, have come out of the metropolitan area to come up here and <laughs> get vaccinated as well, too. So that's that's, excuse me, one adult child came up here. The other got uh, hers in the metropolitan area. But uh, it, it, I think I'm very proud of the work that Essential Health has done in that manner. And you should be. My, my other question, and we keep hearing this, is uh, people ask, now that I've had my two shots, it's been two weeks, I'm fully vaccinated, if you will. How long does that uh, last, mm-hmm. if you will? Well, that's the big question, because we know that uh, probably for sure that someone who has had COVID-19 that you probably have roughly a six month, where we're quite confident that you still have antibodies and that you have some immunity to COVID-19. The vaccine, probably in a similar fashion, uh, you know, three to six months for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of question, Do we will we require a seasonal or a repeat vaccination similar like we do with influenza? I think most of the literature that I've read, the experts I've talked to think that that's probably in our future, that once these viruses become um, in our in our living space and in our world, they don't get completely eradicated and except in very few instances, for example, smallpox. Yeah. But, you know, these these this virus will probably circulate the globe uh, and have various variants. Uh, we can know that these vaccines mutate. This particular COVID-19 vaccine mutates at about one half to one quarter of what the influenza vac- uh, virus mutates. So we anticipate that this will probably be an ongoing vaccination process similar to what we see with influenza. 
And a question, maybe putting the carpet before the horse here, but for those of us who have been lucky enough not to have gotten sick and not had it, is there something besides the masking and the social distancing and that that we can do preventatively? Like I'm wondering about uh, certain vitamins that might help keep it away, anything like that? So early in the course of the disease, very little was known about this. There were lots of things that were uh, anecdotally tried, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and certain supplements. Uh, The stuff that I have read, and I've read an extensive amount of it, there's very little evidence that these naturopathic or natural medicine supplements are effective in either preventing COVID-19 or treating COVID-19. And I think uh, what I try to do is uh, follow the science uh, and recognize that our immune system is what typically fights any infection, whether it be the influenza virus, the COVID-19 virus, uh, or bacterial infections that we come into contact with on a daily basis. Being well-rested, properly hydrated, maintaining good body weight, exercising regularly, getting an adequate amount of sleep are really what helps your immune system function in its peak performance. And those are really the things that we've been talking about for years. And how do you keep yourself healthy? Sure. We know that uh, weight and obesity is a, and deconditioning is a huge risk factor for having serious complications of COVID-19. So I, I think those type of things are far more important and have far greater benefit, not only for COVID-19, but many of the other things like heart disease, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, that uh, that we ha- they'll be much more beneficial than taking a supplement. Hmm. Bottom line to the vaccines, I know uh, as a scientist and a doctor, you know that vaccines are bottom line safe and effective, correct? Correct. I mean, I've been a physician for going on nearly 35 years, uh, and these uh, vaccines are very effective. Uh, You think about uh, things that have happened in the past with the swine flu and some of the pandemics that have occurred. We've nearly eradicated, at one point in time, measles from the face of Earth. And now that we've seen decreased vaccination from measles, we're seeing an uh, uptick in that. Uh, Polio has been essentially eradicated in this country. uh, It still has opportunities in other parts of the poorly developed countries, but smallpox and many other vac- uh, vi- um, excuse me, viral infections have been very adequately treated by vaccinations, and they've been phenomenally successful and, and safe. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to put this out here just because I've heard some people say that before whatever it was, March 16th of 2020, I think I had COVID-19. They had, you know, people were saying I had really bad coughs. They were out for days. No fever, maybe a fever, but people didn't know what was going on. Is that a possibility that before they shut everything down, it was here before they had technically the first person who arrived in the U.S. that tested for it? Is that a possibility? Do you know? I I think that there have been... pretty consistent evidence of individuals before we thought it was quote widespread that it was here and spreading within our country uh you know an antibody test Mm -hmm. not that not the test that we typically run for testing if you have acute symptoms but an antibody test could have proven that now how long again those antibodies last uh, makes a difference but you know typically if they had questions they could probably get tested and if they show antibodies they could be pretty confident that that was the case we just don't know exactly how long those antibodies will stick around for a particular individual. Sure. Interesting. Dr. Henry, we we need to wrap up here, but if uh, someone is listening and still on the fence about getting this vaccine, 
There's uh, some great information out there. You just have to find the right information. Yeah. The CDC has a great website, don't they? And that's information you can trust. Am I right on that? Well, you know, a lot of people have a question about can, what can you trust, but I will tell you that uh, it is a source that I use. Obviously, I use the Minnesota Department of Health. I, I encourage people to go to the Essential Health website. There's great information, links to the CDC, links to the Minnesota Department of Health. I, I think that you have to ask yourself that if you look at healthcare professionals, specifically physicians, and the number that have gotten vaccinated, about 99% of physicians get vaccinated. Uh, and these are people who have studied uh, health care and are health care professionals uh, for their profession. We do it for a living. Uh, I am convinced the science is there. I am convinced the benefit is there. And I think the best advocacy that I can do is tell people I've gotten vaccinated. I have done phenomenally well with it. Anybody that I know and care about, which are a lot, a lot of people, I've encouraged them to get vaccinated as well, too. And that, you know, I, I understand people have reticence about what new therapies, but these therapies aren't new. These are tried and true methods that have been around for years, uh, and they've shown phenomenal efficacy of other diseases. And I think we'll see the same thing with COVID-19. Very good. Dr. Henry, thank you again oh, so much yes. for being with us today to talk about this important issue. And we hope to have you back again uh, in, in the not-too-distant future. I'd like that very much. And we really appreciate uh, the opportunity to get the message out to the people of our community. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Dr. Peter Henry is the Chief Medical Officer at Essentia Health. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget, our Community Focus programs are available anytime by going to our website, 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.